Get more out of your fantasy season with PFF's exclusive player grades and performance data. PFF grades every player from every game on every team. Dive deep into your fandom and follow your team on Pro Football Focus for exclusive team stats and NFL team rankings. Listeners to our podcast can get $10 off a PFF Edge or Elite subscription by simply going to importantnonsense.com PFF. Once again, that's importantnonsense.com PFF to save $10 on your subscription today. Or is this the game plan for, for them for the year? Nope, Just that's it. That's those two guys. That's all they're going to do. Fall yep. off. That's, that's, that's all we got. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Neil, at Nonsense underscore Neil. And you know what? We have different variations. I understand we have the Big Swingers podcast. We have uh, you know Dungeon Grinders, Summoners Four, and then of course we have the Golden Boot for you know our World Cup coverage that'll be coming up next year. Unfortunately, we don't have a team, Neil. What what the hell happened there? It was literally oh, the nightmare worst case scenario. It's six teams in a table, and all you got to do is finish fourth or better, and you can't even do that. What the hell? I mean, U.S. soccer is is a disgrace. I know it's the wrong kind of football for this particular podcast, but it, I, I just, I'm so disgusted. You feel better? You feel better now? No, I don't. And I'm not going to either. Not really? I'm just yeah, gonna, okay. That's what it, it'll start to go that's away. What I no, because now we get to suffer through this. And I'll be able to wash the salt off a little bit, and then the draw will happen, and I'll be like, well, there's no <laughs> USA in that draw. And then I'll have to relive it all over again. And then that'll go away, and I'll be all right, and then they'll start doing the lead-up in the summer, and then I'll be pissed off again. God, yeah. it's just so... How that do you have very a accurate. billion yeah. dollars, a billion dollars invested in your soccer program, and you can't beat Trinidad and Tobago, a, a team, a country that literally just got power two weeks ago? <laughs> and you're telling me that you can't even beat them when they don't even care? When their first nine games, they went one and eight. They went one and eight. They, they, they lost eight games. Their differential was like negative 20. They were getting slaughtered by people. You destroyed them earlier in this. And you're telling me that they had literally nothing to play for and you go down there needing to at least get a draw and you just don't care enough to win the game? Oh, it's so infuriating. Yeah, I mean that's basically what they're selling you right now. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. That's why they're all going to be fired. That's oh, why they're all wonderful. you know all these guys are gone. So that that's for good or ill. I mean that's pretty much going to be you know as we talked about kind of prepping for the gold boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was probably the last go around for a lot of the a lot of the household names. You know what I mean? And it's going to be a oh, lot. Oh yeah, of fresh this, faces this was Michael Bradley's last one. This was Tim Howard's last one. This was Clint Dempsey's last one. Well, and they're not going to get it. They're not going to get to play. So, I mean, you got Christian Pulisic, and then that's it. That's your whole you team. Go. You got one dude, and you hope <laughs> that Josie Aldador is good enough, long enough, to be relevant on that <laughs> the next cup roster, because okay. this is just not... 
Oh, got to start. I mean, hopefully there's some 12 year olds out there that in four years will be 16 <laughs> and they'll be decent enough to help us out in the World Freaking Cup. Because this is not good right now. And please no. stop with the Germany comparisons because I don't want to hear it. So, oh, Germany in 2000, they regrouped. It was a wake up call. Yeah, well, before that, Germany had a history of talent in the World Cup. Okay, we don't. So don't right. tell me this, oh, they're going to figure it out and make it all better, because they're not. It's, it's the same cycle of insane garbage that we have to deal with every four years, and it's pathetic, and I'm sick of it. I just want them to win. <laughs> so me and Neil are free agents. We're floating out there. Yep. Anybody have Absolutely. Got a, got a country for us to uh, to root for? The the clubhouse leader right now is Iceland. I mean, I'm st- I still have my reservations because of D2, the Mighty Ducks. It's it's still it's close to yes, my heart yes. still, but there you go. <sighs> well, but what's even more shocking before we move off this? No one cares. Like no one. No. It's not on the TV. It's not on the internet. Like I heard one person besides you and I talk about this in like two days of of it being a thing, and no one cares. And Fox, stupidly now, what seemed like a good idea at the time, has turned into a two hundred million dollar blow up because they won the rights to the coverage over ESPN for the first time in ever. And now they get to do the World Cup in this country only with no America playing in it. So yep. first time in You win, Fox. <laughs> first time in thirty years the US isn't in the World Cup and that's the time that Fox wins the rights to broadcast the World Cup. So uh as usual, Fox, fake news. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. That's it, read all about it! And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. I mean, technically, our open was that football. So, I mean, so take that me. But, uh, no, it's a lot of names headlining our news this week. Most notably, Adrian Peterson finally gets his wish and his... (laughs) Ooh, his extended four-game stay in New Orleans is finally over. What a tragedy that was. He heads west, and he is going to play for the Arizona Cardinals. The most uh, ironic thing I saw on the Internet through the entire time was uh, after the first couple weeks of the season, Chris Johnson tweeted out, AP needs to get more touches. Well, Chris Johnson got cut because they traded for AP, so he instantly regretted saying that, so... He's out of work yeah, now. They had a little moment. Did you see that, though? That's why AP is going to wear Chris Johnson's number for the rest of the year. They had a little no. moment, apparently, on the as, as one was leaving and the other was arriving. So apparently there's no, you know, there's no hard feelings there. Also, you know, Chris Johnson looked terrible. Yeah, he's, so, he was done. Yeah. I sort of get it. Like, he looked terrible. So he now becomes the feature back on uh, on the long list of terrible backs that have been there in Arizona since David Johnson went down. We'll see what he can do uh, behind that offensive line with the full workload, but it's something you obviously don't want right now because he doesn't know the playbook, and it's going to be hard to integrate him fully into the game plan after just a couple of days of being there. So 
He will probably suit up and play this weekend. I don't see him getting that much of a workload. Uh, next weekend, it could be interesting to see what he does. But if you are super desperate, looking for what could at some point possibly maybe be a low-end flex, there's Adrian Peterson out there if you, <laughs> there if you, you want it. Well, he's gone from unownable to low-end flex. So there you go. That is an upgrade. Yeah, that sure. Is an upgrade. It's an improvement. So... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I... And speaking of upgrades, I'd say it's a boost to Ingram and Kamara's, you know, workload and what their value could be. But Peterson didn't do anything to affect them anyway, so it doesn't really affect them at yeah, all. Yeah, they I mean, gonna, they're going to split the seven snaps. That's it. They get they're right. splitting three and a half yeah. snaps each, something like that. Cool. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, it solidifies that Mark Ingram is an RB2 that you need to own, and people being down on him didn't make sense anyway. Because he's been consistent, he just hasn't found the end zone. Yeah, and if so, you don't have Kamara's on your waiver wire, still, I, 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 you have not been listening to this show. <laughs> yeah, he went well over the fifty percent margin. Finally, needs to be a hundred. So, hundred. Yeah, it's just crazy that he's still as low as he is. Like you said, should be owned in all leagues. Meanwhile, uh, the Giants' season ended abruptly <laughs> this past <laughs> weekend. In memoriam. <laughs> At first, we thought it was going to be, like, they started 0-3, maybe they could recover, all right? And then it was, oh, well, now they're 0-4. It's getting pretty dicey. They need to start putting wins together, but they're probably not a playoff team. It'll be really rough. And now it's just over. Like, it's not just because they're 0-5, but in that game, for anyone that wasn't watching, they lost Dwayne Harris, their number four wide receiver, immediately. And he had a fracture in his foot, put on IR, done for the year. A few drives later, Brandon Marshall goes down, taken out of the game. Turns out he also had ankle surgery, done for the year. Sterling Shepard left right after that, did not return to that game. He is doubtful this week. And then Odell Beckham goes down in the second half. By the end of that game, literally... They just had one wide receiver in that game. So they've signed literally one guy off the street and three people off their practice squad just to fill a full roster this week, and they're going into Denver to play the no-fly zone. So avoid that situation. If you can, if you have Sterling Shepard, you obviously want to hold him because he's the only guy left that uh, Eli is familiar with. I mean, Rogers Lewis has been there forever, but... He hasn't really done anything to this point, so it's it's Shepard. I guess is the guy you would want in that terrible situation. But we've been talking about streaming Eli in the past. If you've been doing that, you got to stop that immediately. Yeah, that that's over. That's done. That's that's just done. It killed Eli. I mean, what what can you do? And yeah, none of those guys are ownable in fantasy. No, no, no. Meanwhile, tight end injuries piled up this week. Gronk was a late scratch from the Thursday game last week. My feeling on that, though, was simply because he was banged up the week before, and it was the Thursday game. He didn't have a lot of time to turn it around. He almost gave it a go, but they decided to hold him out just to be on the safe side. I, you should keep your eye on it, obviously, but I think he should be go, good to go this week. Division matchup, extra time to rest up against the Jets. Not too concerned there. Uh, Charles Clay, he's going to be out multiple weeks uh, with his injury, he is on the bye this week. 
the Bills are on the bye. So you were going to need to replace him in your lineups this week anyway. If you can get a guy like an ASJ, like Safarian Jenkins, who we've been preaching about for a few weeks now, or if you want to stream tight end as an option too, I mean, if you want to go pick up somebody like that that you can hold on to for a few weeks, that's you know certainly something you're going to have to do at this point. But my point on bringing up Charles Clay is simply that if you have an IR slot, or certainly if you have some other like lottery ticket flyer you're not sure about at the back end of your bench, you have the roster space, I wouldn't let go of Charles Clay. Because he's been a top five tight end so far this season. He's been super productive. He's the only guy on that offense Tyrod Taylor's had any connection with. So when he comes back, he's certainly going to be valuable to fantasy owners. And if you cut him now, you're going to want to try to get him back later. And it just you can save yourself the headache if you can hold him on your roster somewhere. And late tonight, we found out Tyler Eifert having surgery to uh, to get himself right, get ready for next season as he goes into a contract. Uh, this offseason, his contract's up. So trying to get signed, and uh, he needs to be healthy to do that, which he has not been his entire career. So with that, his season ends. Uh, he's going to be out four to six months, they said. He's hoping to be ready by 2018. He'd like to stay in Cincinnati, but that's a whole other topic for next year's podcast, pretty much, because he's done for this year. However, I would say they're on the buy, so it's not going to be like a trendy pick right now. I personally have gone out and already picked up Tyler Croft in two leagues simply because what we were joking about when Eifert was out was, yeah, this is what Tyler Eifert could look like if he was ever healthy, and he's just never healthy. And Tyler Croft has come in, and in the last three games when he has played because Eifert's been out... He has been top 10 in tight ends, in targets, and in yards, and he's been top 5 in receptions and PPR fantasy points. So he has been strong since Eifert left. It's now his job all to himself. They're on the bye this week, so it's not going to be a trendy pickup. If you have the space to hold on to him, certainly somebody to target if you are tight end. Just one note on that, not the picture of health himself. So just... So sure. you're aware. He has similar problems. That, yeah, that's to why Tyler I threw Ryan. in the uh, the the desperate uh <laughs> the desperate conditional. Yeah, just wanted to make sure everyone so. knows why that's if you're desperate, because he is also kind of Mr. Glass kind of deal. So buyer beware on that. Meanwhile Alright, it is week six of the NFL season, which means we continue our hashtag bye week issues. You can hit us up with the hashtag bye week issues. I got a lot of people talking to us about it on the uh, the Fantasy Life app, which I forgot to mention at the beginning, by the way, uh, at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life. So shout out to everybody out there on that. We had a lot of confusion with that, Neil, because uh, there was some kind of update with the Fantasy Life app. I had our name, our login set in as Important Nonsense with the space because it's two words. Right. And they automatically put an underscore in there which I was not aware oh, of, and no. then when they updated the app, they don't allow that anymore. Right. So it was saying that the username was invalid, and all of our like shouts and props weren't coming up properly on there, so it was a whole headache of customer service I had to go through with them for a little while last week. But I got it handled and taken care of, talked to a lot of people on the app last week, so that was good. We appreciate everybody reaching out 
and uh, all the props we got on there. So, yes, uh, at Important Nonsense, all one word now. No more space, no more underscore, just at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app. So hashtag bi-week issues this week. If you are looking for streamer, if you need someone to fill in, at quarterback Trevor Simeon against the Giants. Typically, the Giants, you know, strong defense that you don't want to go up against, but that is just a beat-up, battered team right now that is so defeated and just is so beat up that Trevor Simeon off the bye should be able to just dismantle that team like so many others have so far this season. And the other one I had on here was uh, Case Keenum against Green Bay, divisional matchup. Obviously, it's dependent on Bradford, but Keenum has looked strong with, uh, with Bradford out, and they were not scared to yank Sam from that game on Monday night when uh, when he was not looking so hot, and Case came in, and he, he saved him. He was their savior in that game. And I did have one one for the road as well uh, before we move off quarterback. Uh, I wouldn't call you crazy if you wanted to roll the dice again on Brissette uh, going against the Titans on Monday night. Just the floor, the yeah, floor is there, and their defense is bad. Exactly. So there's yeah, a, every chance. And uh, I, I actually have a very specific situation for that that we will get into later. So uh, foreshadowing, if you will, it's, <laughs> it's called a proper radio tease. It's how it, it's how it's done. It's how it's done in the biz. Uh, for running backs, hear me out. Just before you scoff, I know I already know it. I know you're gonna hate it. It's Matt Forte. Now listen. Don't don't turn it off. All right. Just we're losing listen. we're losing listeners just by you doing this. You got people are deleting the podcast uh, as we we're speak. We're getting unsubscribed like crazy right now. <laughs> Belial Powell did not practice today. He looks doubtful for this weekend. If he doesn't play, it's Forte and McGuire. McGuire wasn't anything too hot. They're gonna be down a ton in this game. You would assume they're playing the Patriots. And the Patriots have given up the most running back points so far this season in the NFL. So it's a juicy matchup. Forte figures to be uh, heavily involved. We've seen what Powell has been able to do with Forte out. I'm not the biggest believer in Elijah McGuire. I know that was going to be one of your questions, but yeah, I'm not. No, we'll I, I just don't do it here. My only question on it was if they're both not playing. If Bilal Powell sits and Matt Forte can't get into this game because he's still hurt for whatever mm. reason, then do you want him? Right. That was my actual question. Uh, maybe. Because that's where I think it. That is a hard maybe. maybe. It, that's that's a, where it's a hard see, maybe. See, that's a too. specific case where it depends on what else you have and what else is available. That's on why the I feel like wire. it fits though in the bye week issues. Because if I'm just bold, I feel mm-hmm. like I'll take a shot at that. Because if I've got nothing else, I can think of way sure. worse options for you. Than, than rolling the dice on on him getting all the no, work. No, like I said, the game. matchup is right, and if he's going to get all the work, then that's fine. And when I say uh, the worst in the league, by the way, they average giving up running back units uh, 30 points this season uh, per game. So even if there's the two of them and they're splitting, that's 15 apiece, you'll take that. Uh, you're not going to sneeze at that. So Matt Forte certainly is a streaming option, and I guess, yeah, if Forte does sit, Elijah McGuire too, but Forte did return to practice today. I'm not suggesting necessarily that he's, he's expected to so. play, but it's Matt Forte. This is the other thing. Like it, we all know, sure. yep. it's Matt Forte. So that's the, we're, you're, you're recommending a guy who is just kind of the twilight of his career. No, here. yeah. I mean, 
So, yeah. But again, buyer beware on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and continuing the theme of Pat's defense has been terrible, Jermaine Curse is the wide receiver streamer. The third most wide receiver points of any defense are the Pats. I told you not to drop Jermaine Curse a couple weeks ago. The matchup was going to be rough with Jalen Ramsey. We knew that going into it. He was someone you wanted to keep on your bench. Don't cut away. And he got dumped in a bunch of leagues. Came back this last week and had a touchdown against the Browns. Was productive, as we said he was going to be going into that game. So once again, the matchup is right for Curse. He's the number one guy on that offense. He's going to get the volume, and they should be throwing from behind a ton. So it appears that he is in line for another good week this week if you are wide receiver desperate. Also, John or Jerron Brown. John Brown on the injury report this week, but it does appear he is going to give it a go and play. They're up against Tampa Bay. Also, not too hot against the wide receivers are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. And nobody loves to throw the ball more than the Arizona Cardinals. So either of the Browns on the Cardinals are good streaming options this week if you are a wide receiver desperate. And then at tight end, I I will continue to go with anyone against Cleveland until that stops working. And this week it is my boy Ryan Griffin as Deshaun Watson goes in and drops another 50-burger on the Cleveland Browns. So it's going to be, uh, it's, it's Ryan Griffin heavy week. It's don't buy the hype of the Steven Anderson. I've seen people fall into that trap too. Steven Anderson had two catches last week for the Texans. One of which was like a 50 yard Hail Mary at the end of the game that he caught at the one yard line for no apparent reason. So don't buy into that. If Ryan Griffin is the number one tight end on that team, he's the only guy you should be interested in there. And then before we just move away from it completely, you saw what was happening in that that ridiculous 49er Colts game. Is it time right. to discuss adding George Kittle? If he's just going to get all the targets on a terrible team. For me, I would say no. Uh, because he has not gotten a ton of targets, actually. He got 11 targets in that game. For the rest of the season, I believe he only had like five or six. Yeah, but he's a so rookie he is tight not, end, is my point. So the question he, is, exactly. will they get him he, more involved? Is, is what we saw last week an anomaly? Uh, he's not getting 11 every week. That's crazy. You'd be Gronkowski if you were doing that. So uh-huh. he's going to get a more reasonable number. My question is, what do you think that is? If he's, if he, he played pretty well, so it looks like they want to get him the ball moving forward. Well, I mean, the first thing is he was on the injury report this week. Yeah, so I didn't see that. So it's questionable if he even plays. So this week in general, I don't know if I can trust him, but... Even beyond that, I'd like to see it another week before I can buy into him being a full-time role because people have beat up on the Colts' defense. So how much of that was, hey, let's get George Kittle involved, and how much of that was, wow, he's so wide open, it's the Colts' defense. So I don't know at this point what that actually is. And then, as we've said all year, rookie tight ends. So I don't know how much you can trust it or not. All right, there you go. Sounds like pretty much just wait and see on George Kittle yeah. unless you play in like some sort of Yeah, dynasty. like I said, I just want to see it for another another week. Yeah, it, it, Dynasty, sure. It's always worth a stash in Dynasty to have a rookie, but at this point, I don't know if I can trust it. The other issue there, too, is he's got a great rapport with Brian Hoyer. How long do they stick with Brian Hoyer? <laughs> Fair. You would think he'd have a good rapport with C.J. Beathard, considering that's why he was part of the reason that he was drafted there. Could be. 
but so you would think. I, just again, you know, hard to say. Meanwhile, all right, we're on to pigskin pick'em. So the standings coming into this week: fifth place Kevin with 37, fourth place me with 39, third place Matt with 41. Superfan Brian drops to second with 44. Neil with the strong week, 46, top of the leaderboard. Uh, I will ignore the fact that Kevin is only behind me simply because he forgot to fill in that one week, and we will move on <laughs> by starting with Thursday Night Football. Philadelphia heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Two really good teams that seem to be a, a playoff preview, I would think, right? Because who else is going to win the East at this point <laughs> other than the Eagles? And uh, the Panthers have been the strongest team uh, out of the South. Not, it so. might be the R's, and that would make me sad inside. <laughs> But the strength of the Panthers is clearly their defense. The strength of Philadelphia is their offense. It is a great matchup if this was a Sunday game. But as I said, this is Thursday night football we're talking about. And the road offenses always tend to struggle on Thursday nights. So because of that, I will take the strong defensive team, which is the Panthers at home. Yeah, game time decision for Smallwood, if you've been waiting on that to you know, kind of get back on track. My money would be on him sitting because it's the Thursday night game. Probably see him back next week. Yeah, everything think. I've said is, yeah, it's too short a time frame. He'll probably see Yeah, him. and I've also got uh, Panthers just because they're at home for the most part. And since the defense has come more into it, yeah, I trust the Panthers' D to hold out at home a little bit longer than the Eagles' D, which is still... It's getting better, but it's uh, it's still weak in the secondary. All right, Sunday, one Eastern games, Miami heading to Atlanta. The Falcons coming out of the bye need to get right against this struggling Dolphins offense. They cannot seem to get anything right. I mean, the Falcons, you, you got to get right, especially coming out of the bye against a bad team. If they can't do that, then you really need to sound the alarms about what is this team actually so because of that, I say give me the Falcons in a, uh, a home game that they really should win. No, absolutely. Given how Miami's looked, they're coming off the bye. They've had all this extra time to prepare. This has got to be a get-right game. So, yeah, give me the Falcons at home, and I agree with you. If if they somehow lose to Miami, it's time to start reevaluating people on that team and what's going on there. All right, Neil. This Everybody's favorite game? Bears going to the Ravens. To get slaughtered by that defense. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Woo, that was it. The people saying how spectacular Mitch looked on Monday. Look, he, he didn't look horrendous, but he was not the second coming in that game on Monday no. night. All right. Just you have to realize the bar is set so low in Chicago that yeah. <laughs> that is what a good quarterback looks like. So yeah, give me every bit of the Ravens at home. Yeah. It's Ravens at home, and like I was, like we were talking about, my description of Trubisky is borderline competent. Like, and he gets the borderline because of the horrible interception at the end. But at the same time, we were watching that game together, and you can't even evaluate it really because he doesn't have anyone to throw to except Zach Miller. So of course he's gonna force the ball there until you know while he's got it. There's nothing else out there except the running backs. Yeah. Ravens at home. This is going to get ugly. All right, Cleveland heading to Houston, take on the Texans. I mean, look, like I said, I'd love to say that Cleveland can be competitive in this game. I'd, I'd love to be able to say they'll keep it close and that because of all the injuries to key players the Texans have taken on defense, they're going to stay in this game. 
But at this point, Neil, I'm fairly certain that you, me, and the U.S. men's national team could shut down the Browns' offense. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson going crazy yet again and the Texans winning big at home. Kevin Hogan is starting for the Browns this week because science. The Texans are going to blow them out. So there we go. Uh, Detroit going to the Superdome to take on the Saints. Weirdest thing all week has been the Matt Stafford leg injury that nobody wants to talk about. They don't want to reveal what the x-rays did or didn't say or what the MRI did or didn't say or how much he actually was in practice, how much pain he It's the secrecy is just bizarre. So just keep an eye on the Stafford situation if that's someone you've been relying on or if you're relying on one of their skill position players because obviously that's a huge impact on their offense. I do think he plays, but even with him in the lineup, the Saints should be ready to roar against this Lions team at home. They're coming off the bye, and don't forget that they got Willie Sneed back now. He's one of Drew Brees' favorite targets. And he should be targeted a ton. Breeze loves to pepper the ball into his new toy. And, you know, because he hasn't played the first few weeks, it's his shiny new toy right now. So, yeah, give me the Saints at home. I've also got the Saints at home for many of the same reasons. Coming off the bye, they've got all that extra time. And more to the point, they need to get seven wins to get to seven and nine. So this is where I think they get another one of their seven wins. Uh, Also, the public is on Detroit which makes me feel even better about this. Right. So, yeah, give me the Saints. All right, Green Bay heading to Minnesota for a tough NFC North division battle. It's great defense against great offense. It can always go either way between these two teams. They always play super close. It's always really back and forth. Keenum has looked really strong, as I said, and I, like I said, we mentioned him as a streamer for this week. But the issue is just the unknown at the QB position. For whatever reason, they keep wanting to throw Sam Bradford in there, even if he's hurt. And because of that, he keeps getting all these practice reps that are just screwing up Keenum, trying to be prepared and ready to go on offense. And just because of the cloudy picture they have on offense there in Minnesota, I'm going to go with uh, the Packers just being able to outscore him in a low-scoring battle to uh, to win a close game at home. Yeah, and I actually think I give the Packers a little bit more credit than that because I think their offense is just going to be a little bit too much to deal with because the Vikings are, have a really good defense, but I don't know. The Packers have just been on fire. I'm, I'm looking for them to come into town and uh, and actually, I know it's a division game, but that always kind of spooks you with something like this, but I don't think they're going to need that last-minute drive this week. And, uh, so Packers on the road, and uh, one note on the turmoil in the Minnesota backfield well, we worked that out. It's McKinnon for as long as he's healthy. So that he earned the valuable part of that split. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, Latavius yeah. Murray looks done. So that's if you were wondering about that, it's McKinnon. So make that adjustment if you need to. Yep. New England taking on the Jets on the road in New York. We already mentioned Forte and Curse as streaming options. Otherwise, it's start your Patriots. P-A-T-S, Pats, Pats, Pats. Oh, no, this is a classic Patriots take their frustrations out on the Jets game. <laughs> Where the Patriots score like 45 points for no reason, and they're running up the score in the fourth quarter, even though the game was been out of question since halftime. So yeah, Patriots and just it doesn't even matter. Like don't even worry, just just throw them in there. You have to. Should be fine. All right, San Francisco heading to Washington to take on the Redskins. Look, hear me out here because 
in my opinion, I believe that Fat Rob is droppable. He hasn't produced, and now he can't even get on the field and stay healthy. So I know running back is a wasteland right now, but even that can't make him fantasy relevant at this point. The lack of the run game just means that the Kirk Cousins show is going to roll on. He should have another big week. If Jordan Reed can stay on the field, which is always the biggest if for him, he should have a monster week this week. So, yeah, I, I got Washington at home taking a pipe to uh, to Kirk Cousins' future team. Damn. Yeah, he's Fat Rob's really hurt apparently because he had a whole bye week and they were saying he was going to be back. And yeah, that it makes it tough to want to own because it's another week of Samaj Perine who is just bad, yep. as the, as you know from the PFF numbers. He's just bad. Like it's yep. just there's no there's no other way to put it. I mean, so none of that really matters for the outcome of this game. So give me the R's at home. But at some point you would have to think something's gonna have to give in in, uh, in Washington. You would think that at some point their entire offense can't just simply be throwing the ball to Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed over and over again because both of those people will eventually get hurt and they'll have to figure out some way to get their receivers or run game going right. Or is this the game plan for, for them for the year? Nope, just that's it. That's those two guys. That's all they're gonna do. Fall yep. off. That's, what, that's all we got because no no one else wants to do anything because that's seriously like they spent all this money to get Terrell Pryor and they're talking about trying to get everybody involved and no nah, it's pretty much just throw the ball to Chris Thompson over and over again and Jordan Reed and if Jordan Reed can't do it Vernon Davis somehow is still doing, is doing no one knows how that's possible but maddening hey you play to win the game that's all that matters <laughs> Sunday late afternoons, Rams heading to Jacksonville, probably the strongest game of the day. This was one of those that you could peg immediately. Just I saw it coming up on the schedule, and I was like, oh, given what happened last week, I know the public is going to be completely backwards on this. And sure enough, I, uh, I pegged that completely right. The Rams are a strong offense through the air and on the ground. There's this guy. His name's Todd Gurley. Have you heard of him? He's good. He's uh, Just newsflash. Analysis, Todd Gurley good at football. So they were a last-second touchdown catch from beating Seattle last week at home. And while it's tough to throw on the Jags, actually uh, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye are the top two in terms of least yards against for uh, passes thrown their direction. So it's it's pretty difficult to throw against the Jags, to say the least. However, their run defense has not been nearly as strong. And in their only true home game at Jacksonville this year, they gave up 37 points to Tennessee, who has not figured things out on offense except for that one game. So in this game in Jacksonville, give me the fighting Goffs. I mean, I don't know that we need more analysis on this game because I actually see it the same way that you do. <laughs> because... I've got I've got the I've got the fighting golfs on the road because think about it this way. If you don't want to think about it Steve's way with all the numbers, just think about it in this little anecdote. They've had a really good offense all year, and then they were one Cooper Cup drop touchdown away from winning that game last week. And if they win that game last week and he catches that ball, we're not even having this conversation right now. Right. Because it'd just be Rams and a walkover and everybody would be on it. Yep. So think about it that way. And and uh, your point is correct about Jacksonville is gonna struggle to hold on to to Todd Gurley, because yep. that's that's just who's going to do it this week. Because they're not, they can't throw the ball. They don't have good enough receivers to be trying to throw the ball. So it's just going to be Todd Gurley or bust. So if that fails, maybe Jacksonville can creep into the game. But that also is predicated on Blake Bortles not turning them over out of the game. So yep. yeah, 
And also, it always feels good that we're against the public on something like this, where it's a close split. We'll take that. Tampa Bay going to Arizona. This was going to be – this was my NFC championship preview. So, I mean, that has just gone sideways fast on me. (laughs) Should have been such a better game than it actually will be. Shred those. Shred Uh, that stuff. You don't want people to read that. Given extra time to prepare and a better overall team, the Bucks should handle their business here on the road. If you're playing DFS, this is my Deshaun Jackson boom week. This is uh, this is the week to go pick him up and put him in one of your receiver slots because, as I keep saying, it's anyone that's not covered by Patrick Peterson on the other side of the field. Last week it was Torrey Smith. This week it's Deshaun Jackson. Tampa Bay on the road. Oh, man. <laughs> well, the odds makers have this one at uh, two and a half in favor of Tampa Bay, and I'm siding with them. And in addition to Deshaun Jackson, uh, I would add Cameron Brait. Uh, if he is somehow still available out there for you, or you've got multiple tight end situation where you're kind of rotating on your team, uh, I'd go ahead and roll Brate this week. Just as you said, a- anybody that is not being shadowed by Patrick Peterson, just just roll with that, yep. and you'll be all set. Pittsburgh going to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Look, I've been the biggest Chiefs naysayer all season. Okay, I'm not, I can admit that. As much as I don't want to believe in the Chiefs, they're making it really difficult for me to not believe in them, which is exactly when they will start sucking really hard is when I start getting on the bandwagon. Their D continues to give up big plays, though. It's They give up yardage. They give up points. The defense has struggled this year. It's just the offense is outscoring teams, which is the exact opposite of what you normally see from the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not too scared about starting Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. More trepidatious about Martavis Bryant just because it's been so inconsistent. And, of course, you cannot start Roethlisberger now home or road. It's neither one, apparently. But all that being said, it's play your Chiefs, and this should be Kansas City all day, all night, however long it takes for them to annihilate the Steelers. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a team that has bad home road splits going into Arrowhead, which is just a really tough place to play a game. Uh, yeah. So after that last performance and all the noise that's coming out of Pittsburgh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep rolling with the Chiefs at home, especially considering I've got them winning the West this year. All that being said, this is the perfect week for the Steelers that no one expects them to win, that they'll come out and win by 40, right? <laughs> Isn't that, that's, that's classic sure, Pittsburgh. because at the end of the day, they still have Antonio Brown. And yeah. As long as Antonio Brown is on your football team, Everyone you're in says every game. how they suck so much on the road, and they've looked terrible, yeah. and they're done, and Roethlisberger should have retired, and they could just come in here and bludgeon the Chiefs, yep. and it would not surprise me one little bit. No, I'd just be frustratingly marking it off my sheet, like, well, that <laughs> happened. There you go. Chargers heading to Oakland to take on the Raiders. Car limited in practice Wednesday. May or may not play. It'll come down to later in the week. Uh, if he goes, he clearly risks further injury, which uh, doesn't make sense to me because it, how is that worth it for the long-term healthier franchise QB, the guy that you're paying all this money now? Doesn't make a lot of sense. But the value of his studs, Crabtree, Cooper, even, yes, Jared Cook, uh, that all depends on if it's E.J. Manuel or uh, Derek Carr, obviously. So you have to monitor that situation. But either way, we saw what happened when Bradford tried to hobble his way back on Monday. It's a divisional matchup with a quarterback who's injured and has back issues 
against a defense in their division that loves to blitz and rush the passer and loves to feast on Derek Carr. These games are always rough. They're always close. And if Carr is less than 100%, which I don't see how he possibly could be, this has disaster written all over it for the Raiders. So give me L.A. Oh, we're finally going to split one this week. <laughs> yeah, no, this whole Derek Carr thing. I'm glad you see that. It's a desperate. This seems like screaming desperation move. The man has a cracked back. Yeah. Well, however you want to term that medically, fine. But that's the simple way to explain it. He's his back is completely messed up. Is he going to wear the flak jacket? I still can't figure that out. Or is he just going to go yes. out? Okay, he's going to wear the. He has to. Lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that always works out so well when your guy comes back right. and has to play. Not everyone is Ben Roethlisberger, who's six whatever and can just wear that thing and still play. It's it, even that. It, ugh, that yeah, it gives me heartburn. But it cuts down on his range. It cuts down his mobility. Yeah. It just it hinders so, his game. To me, it's just this is how you end up with way more expensive Tony Romo. Is you're rolling him out because you got you think you got to win this division game because you've lost three straight games and you know you're not going to win anything with EJ Manuel. So I wish the Raiders luck in this because it's a bold strategy. <laughs> it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> so sorry, I couldn't find the button for a second there. That was rough. I was going to say we used to have a drop for that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, you like that? You like that? I found that one pretty easy. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) yes exactly all right yeah sorry get your together if Derek Carr is playing uh give me the give me the Raiders at home in an utter slugfest but if he makes it through the game and we're do we got to do this on a Wednesday I'm gonna go with I gotta go with how I originally had it and uh and go with Oakland I may I may I may lose this but uh also I am betting against the Chargers defense to fail Usually a pretty safe bet. So yeah, uh, Sunday night football is going to be gross. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see any part of it. <laughs> if I didn't have to watch it for this fantasy stuff, I probably wouldn't. It's going to be disgusting because the Giants quote-unquote football team is going to Denver to take on the Broncos, who are coming off the bye. In the NFL's defense, look, playing the Giants in primetime a lot seemed like a great idea in the preseason. Yeah. I had the Giants winning that division, going so to the playoffs, I. being a good team again. So did I. And uh, it is all the wheels have fallen yeah. off, as uh, we talked about earlier. So it's a team that comes into the game with zero wide receivers going against the no-fly zone. I mean, they don't even have just no receivers. They, ha- they have no it's Denver by backs. a billion points. <laughs> yeah, Denver by a billion. They have no running back either. Like, it's going to be Wayne Gallman out there by himself. With 11 guys that have never played, like, it's going to be, this is going to get ugly. Oh, boy. Don't, this doesn't need to be on for the whole, you flex this? Put this on at 1 o'clock. Wish. Right. <laughs> Let's get one of those other games in here. Flex this. Flex Monday night, too. Let's flex Monday night. Yeah, mo- Monday night football, this one has the ability to be extremely terrible as well. But also extremely entertaining because of how terrible it is. Indy going to Tennessee, divisional matchup. Mariota still questionable for this game. They're saying that at this point he's a quote-unquote game-time decision, as they love to say. That's kind of scary, because it's Monday Night Football. However, as you mentioned in our streamers earlier before, if he plays, he should have a strong game. If he doesn't, 
Jacoby Brissett is still very available in many leagues out there, and the Titans' defense is not great. So if you go out now and pick up Jacoby Brissett to put on your bench, you could roll with Mariota. If it comes down to a game-time decision and he doesn't play, you've got Brissett against Tennessee's defense in a game that they should be in because Matt Castle was on the other side. So either way, you should be set with the best starting quarterback in that game if you'd like to hedge your bet on Monday Night Football and you feel like that's the best way to go. So if it's Castle, the Colts have a legitimate chance to win this game because he's just that bad. But regardless, I will take the Titans simply thinking that Mariota is going to try to come out and play the game and figure that the Titans can figure something out at home to get back to 500. Correct. I also have the Titans at home on this one. That's exactly it. Mariota is going to try and play. If Mariota can play in this game, uh, and it's, it's trending that direction, obviously. All the reports coming out of there are saying he's going to give it his best shot, and uh, it's, it's on track for him to be getting the start on Monday night. So if he's going to play, uh, they should be able to have the edge over these still luckless Colts. Yeah, speaking of luckless, while we're on this topic, quickly, it's uh, our, our weekly Andrew Luck update reports this week saying that, uh, remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about how, oh, he'll be back week seven. That was the report that they want to get him back out there. He's going to try to practice again this week, but now they're saying the time frame is closer to sometime in November. So who the hell knows what they're doing out there? It's it's just if you're relying on Andrew Luck that you're hoping that he'll come back and save your team, I think you're in trouble. It's uh, if he's he could come back at some point and be useful for someone at some point, we just have no clue what that point is. And the fact that Jacoby Brissett has been uh helping TY Hilton's value, you love, but Jack Doyle hasn't been great. With uh, with Brissett in there until Andrew Luck gets back, he's probably still not that usable. And everyone else, I mean, Moncrief is so up and down. You know, Frank Gore is getting older. At some up. point, it might so, be Marlon Mack is the one we're talking about back there. Right. You know, that's what they want, I think. But we'll see. I mean, he's also been beat up with a shoulder injury. Yep. So. <laughs> well, and then they refuse to get an offensive line or like learn to play, you know, any kind of football that makes sense, and they just keep drafting toys. Yeah. No, let's not go into this. No, the side let's not go into that. Let's not go to that dark place. So, yeah, get well soon, Andrew Luck. Well, that's it for the uh, the NFL preview this week. If you're parting ways with now, once again, at nonsense underscore Steve, at nonsense underscore Neil, or at important nonsense, all one word, on the Fantasy Life app. But for those of you sticking around, which hopefully is all of you, let's get into the Golden League update. And now for something completely different. It's time for the Golden League Update. I love gold! On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Hats off to David, who impressed in the game of the week. It was the tipped pass touchdown to Zach Miller on Monday night that secured him the victory over Paul. He moved up in the power rankings as a result. His reward is uh, another showdown with the number one team in the league. <laughs> the new number one is now on his uh, his schedule this week. So unfortunate for him in that regard, but it's another chance to uh, to prove his worth on top 
if you will. He is the only team we have at 4-1. and one. Matt, the only team we have at 0-5. Oh Everyone else mixed in the middle at 3-2 and two or 2-3. Two and three. We had two games, including my game and your game, that, uh, that were decided by non-fumbles, essentially. We had, I won by .2 because they said, uh, officially that the center snapped the ball and that Phil Rivers was trying to recover the football when clearly he was just batting it out of the back of the end zone. But they said he was trying to recover a football that he never had full possession of. So that's why they credited the center with the fumble there. And then in your game, a ball that was clearly pitched to Isaiah Crowell that he bobbled and put on the ground, he, again, never had full possession of it. So because of that, they said it was somehow Kaiser's fault that Isaiah Crowell can't catch a pitch. Yep. And uh, he got credited with the fumble, and you lost by exactly two points. Yep, we would have had the first ever decimal tie. Would have had the decimal tie. That's what hurts the most, is that we? I was actually really hoping on Tuesday that I was going to load it up and see the first ever decimal tie, because that would have made me smile. Because that that is is how that game should have ended. I cannot believe. I demand a recount for both of those, because I don't want to. What are you going to do? So with uh, the loss by Paul and the victory from Steve, they flip-flop once again, the two of them back and forth at the top of the power rankings pretty much all year. Flynn back to number one with Paul at two. David, after his victory, moves up two spots to three. Brian stays at four, while Flynn Sr. dropped two spots to five. I moved up two to six. Tony up three spots to seven after his win over Mr. Flynn. Kevin down a spot to 8, Sandman stayed at 9, you fell 4 spots to 10, with Lisa and Matt still at 11 and 12, respectively. So our game of the week this week, it is me and Brian, number 4 against number 6. In our Golden League game preview, I've got Kirk Cousins against San Francisco, Ajayi and James White. Julio Jones back off the bye. DeAndre Hopkins um, rolling out Tyler Higby against Jacksonville. Tyreek Hill against Pittsburgh. The Ravens D against the Bears, which I feel really good about. And then Ryan Suckup against Indy on Monday night. He's got Wentz Thursday against Carolina. Devonta Freeman against Miami. Kareem Hunt against Pittsburgh. Michael Thomas Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, T.Y. Hilton, the Jags defense against the Rams, and Greg Zerline. Greg the leg, kicking it for him over there. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game, I think. Yeah, I think ESPN loves his team. Say. Yeah, ESPN yeah. loves his team against you. He's, they've got him projected to win by over 19, which is saying a something. Lot that's, of that that's a lot of that is my trash running backs. That's what doesn't help me there. I just acquired Joe Mixon, and he is on the bye this week. So it's forced to kind of go James White and stick with Ajayi, who's been an RB2 for me so far this year. So that's what's hurting me at this point. James White can go off, though. you got to love Nuke against, uh, against Cleveland, too. Oh, so. absolutely. Gotta, and that's, Julio that's against strong. Miami off the bye. Yeah. Tyreek yeah. Hill against Pittsburgh. Yeah, you've got a puncher's chance because there's any given week with the upside that you bring to this that if your running game just can get you more than like 20, you right. you might get a you got a puncher's chance in that game because you've got a lot of plus matchups. 
But don't worry, people. He's got Travis Kelsey questionable, but he also has the greatest insurance policy of all time with Rob Gronkowski as his other option coming off the bench. Because yeah, why, why not? Because why yeah, not? Because sure. science. science. So, science. yeah, and, and Gronk also going against the Jets. So how can I lose? <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's a classic Brian make the wrong decision situation where he's going to pick the wrong guy somewhere. We don't know where on here yet, but somewhere on here he'll make some horrible catastrophic malfunction in his uh in in his roster that'll uh that'll cost him some major points that'll keep our game closer than it really should be. <laughs> it's, it's a weekly tradition. Even last week, <laughs> I was telling him the same thing. Uh, I told him the same. Even last week, in a situation where he had so many people either hurt or on by, that I said there was no way you could screw up. I mean, you basically have to play this lineup except for maybe like your defense and then your backup quarterback and something else. And sure enough, those on his bench out projected the guys he put in his starting lineup. It's. It is without fail the most fascinating thing to watch every every single week is his bench outscores starting lineup. I don't know how he manages to do it, but it is a skill, and he is the professor. Uh. I did want to mention uh, Tyler Higby, by the way, my uh, my hot tight end pickup of the week. I put it in the waiver wire column for anybody that was able to see that. But uh, Tyler Higby, uh, weeks one and two, Gerald Everett was the starter for the Rams, and he had a ton of targets but wasn't producing a lot. And then in week three, they had that crazy blow-up game on Thursday night football with the 49ers. Uh, Everett wasn't able to go because of an injury, so Higby got the start but was still learning the playbook, wasn't able to do much other than pass block, really, in that uh, in that game. With the extended time, he ended up getting the full-time role because they liked what he was able to do in practice and everything. Since he's taken over the starting role the last two weeks, he has been number four in targets, receptions, and yards among tight ends. And the only uh, other players that are top four in all three of those categories were Cameron Brait and Travis Kelsey. So he has shown signs of being extremely involved over the last couple of weeks in that offense for a team that loves to throw the ball. And the Jaguars have been not so good against the uh, the tight end. So I'm hoping I can cash that in this week. It can't be any worse than the five points a week I get from Julius Thomas. Yeah, so there you go. It's, uh, it's a, it, the bar is set so low for Tyler Higby to produce more than I've already yeah, gotten. Yeah, but, I mean, they have to throw the ball at some point through. during that game, and they can't throw to the perimeter, as we were talking about before, because their, their, their right. cover corners are too good. They're going to exactly. destroy Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods all day. So my uh, my, th- my thought is, sure, they'll throw it. They have to throw it to the middle of the field, so – and they can't cover there anyway. So Tyler Higby and maybe to a lesser extent Cooper Cup because I mean he dropped that ball, but it's not like they're not going to go back to him. They they want him exactly. to keep going. So I hope it's just a learning. It's a, they, yeah, it's like you said. I mean, when you're experience. looking at the matchups on, on the outside, you have Boye and Ramsey, and that's strong. And, and then the safeties deep are good. And then you're going to stack the front of the line to try to stop Todd Gurley. Yes, all day. So that leaves to. the middle of the field wide open for, that's, like you said, Cooper Cup. Yeah. and Tyler Higby, so they they both should be in position at least to have decent weeks this week. Yeah, they draw the plus matchups for, for this game. So, I mean, I know there's certain people that saw the drop and were like, oh, where's your Cooper Cup now? And 
So yeah, that was that was a bad moment because I was I was really looking forward to being able to stick it to some people if he caught the game winning touchdown. Sure, yeah. I mean, it take it his seven point four is nothing to sneeze at, especially when we're talking about the bye weeks here, when you need consistent production and that's basically what he gives you. But if he catches that ball and makes it a fourteen, that I mean, that makes it so much better for everybody and it makes him uh, boost up even more. But He's getting closer and closer to being over that 50% threshold, finally getting off the waiver list. If I could stop having to write Cooper Cup's name on that every week, every week I mean, that would be great. Oh, uh, we want to work on something else, people. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like the Tyler Higby. Him and Bolitnikoff winner. Yeah. Marquise Lee. Got to get both of them off the yeah, list. Yeah, but I like the Tyler Higby. We'll see We'll see if that pans out. That's a. Uh, that's an interesting choice. So, and like you were saying, I mean, it's time to go for Julius Thomas. I mean, the Dolphins just are not moving the ball effectively enough to uh, mm. to really, I mean, what's even ownable in the Dolphins anymore? Look, at this point last season, remember we were talking about, is Adam Gase going to have the shortest tenure in NFL history? Right. Is right. he going to get fired on the tarmac like Lane Kiffin and just not even make it through half of the season because the Dolphins looked so atrocious and they were... Uh, one and seven and looked so bad and then they won their last eight games in a row and made the playoffs and it's just they they, they looked so much better the second half of the year for no apparent reason mm-hmm. so do i believe they can turn it around and do it again sure why not i i have no reason to believe they couldn't it's not like the team has gotten significantly worse than what it was last year it's not like their schedule is going to get significantly more difficult the rest of the way so they have a tough matchup this week against atlanta but we've seen their defense can be had to i don't think they're going to correct every issue that they've had but i mean jay cutler still has to learn and adjust to the system they have to figure out why jay ajayi hasn't been getting into the end zone Mm -hmm. he's been getting the ball he's had the volume it's just he hasn't been able to do much with it and then same thing julius thomas had a 2.5 last week but he dropped a ball in the end zone on a, what would have been a five-yard touchdown pass. Right. It's the difference between a 2.5 and a 10. Cutler's safety blanket has been Devontae Parker, who missed last week pretty much. He was out in the first quarter, and he's probably going to miss this week too. So now if he's forced to throw to other players, I mean, maybe that opens his eyes and the whole offense starts to flow better if he just stops chucking it to Devontae Parker all day. One can only hope, because what they've been doing is just Can't stacked. get much worse. Yeah, it's just right? stacked. <laughs> it's just... So... It's just there's a couple games on this schedule down the stretch that are going to make, you know, doing what they did before hard because they still have to play New England twice and Buffalo twice. And before we even get to that, they have to get through this game and then they have to play Baltimore in two weeks, which who who knows by that point, right? You never know. But then they still got to go through Carolina and Tampa Bay before they get the privilege of New England twice, Buffalo twice, KC and Denver. So don't love it. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. There's some good fantasy stuff in there. But in terms of actually like winning football games, yeah, no, I, I I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I think they're going to recover and have a winning season. What I'm saying is, last year they looked dead in the water and were the worst team in football, and then all of a sudden everything started to click for them, and they had a lot of fantasy relevant producing players on their roster. I think not they can true. figure out the yeah. offense and put up points, just not win games. Right, because right. the defense is still bad. That's still an issue that's they're not going to be able to overcome. Right, but I think the offense can get clicking and start, you know, putting up points on the board. And these guys that you've invested so heavily in, 
uh, they can start producing for you. I'm not ready to completely give up on all of them yet, but like I said, at some point I think Julius Thomas is going to be a fantasy-relevant tight end. I just don't know when that is, and I can't sit around and wait forever. No, I get that. Yeah, at some point you got to – if he's not giving it to you now, you gotta you got to figure something else out. But, yeah, I mean, at this point for me it's kind of – you know, you got to hold on to Devonta Parker and uh, Jarvis Landry. But if you were trying to figure something else out, I mean, I don't know what you do with JJ. That's kind of a personal thing, I think, for for each individual's, you know, what you could get and the risk and associated with it and everything like that. I mean, at this point, for what you had to pay to get him, you got to keep him. That, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. I don't know how you're going to get the value back. It's the same uh, thing with Amari Cooper. I mean, for what you had to put into it, there's you're never going to get the return on that for what you put into it. So just because of the talent and because eventually you hope they can figure it out, what they could do for you, you can't sell low because you'd be selling way too low at this point. And yeah. That, well, yeah, cause it's too, we're too early on. Like you're saying it's when you get, when you get further on, all of a sudden JJ is back to being a top 10 fantasy back and you look foolish, right, especially with how much of a dumpster fire running back. That's is right the, now, that's so. the greater thing is that this year running back, especially is just oh, wasteland. All right. Well, another week in the books, Neil, we are, we are one step yep. closer. We will cross over the halfway point of the fantasy regular season Heading into uh, to week six now, so we'll see. Next week's show, we will be talking about the uh, the draft pick trade window will be open, so we'll be uh, gearing up for that. I don't think we're not going to have any mats this year, so I, I don't know if we'll have any deals no. to actually talk about at that point. But the rumblings will have begun, I bet. I think it's going to be too early still because we have, like I said, ten teams mixed up between three and two and two and three. Like right now. The number two team in the league is Brian at three and two, and the number seven team in the league, sitting just outside of the playoffs, is Sandman at three and two. So, I mean, there's literally no difference between two and seven at this point. It's all tiebreakers. So, yeah, I think there's just too many people still in it, still right on the edge of it, to say, "Well, I'm certainly selling at this point," or. I want to be a huge buyer and spend all my draft picks to possibly make it. Like I don't see anybody doing that at this point. It's you might see somebody move like a big name star to get depth. Where like I traded Calvin Johnson a number of years ago, early on in the year, to get something I felt really good about. So it uh, sometimes you'll see things like that happen for a draft pick. No, I mean yeah, that's but, probably yeah, we'll the see. only thing at this point because I don't see anybody buying or selling yet. I think they're still going to wait a couple of weeks just to see how close they are, what their odds really are. So no, it's not like last year where we had people that were already like, well, just scrap this, <laughs> get it done. Yeah. That's over. Like, <laughs> but uh, until next week, we have uh, Twitter at nonsense underscore Steve at nonsense underscore Neil. Or uh, on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense. I will be doing our regular posts on there, our Friday questions, hashtag bi week issues for your bi week questions, bi week issues. Hit us up on there, get the props, the shouts, all that stuff on there. So we appreciate the feedback, appreciate all the love out there, and until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear. Lame Genie, and Try Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on ImportantNonsense.com.